Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. My name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the, the lead pastor. And I'm so glad that you've decided to join us uh, this Sunday. Uh, we are on the second to the last week of a series called Stand. And in this series, we're looking at stories of courage, uh, so far specifically uh, from the life of Daniel. And we've been digging into the book of Daniel in the Old Testament of the Bible and asking the question, uh, what does God do in our life when we really turn to him in faith and ask him to come through with what we're facing, our circumstances, the different things that just are burdening us. And as we've been looking at Daniel's life, I hope it's been an encouragement to you. If you've missed any week of the series, uh, you can podcast with us. If you search Ridgeview Church Fontana, you can download the message every week. And also you can go online to our message tab, ridgeviewchurch.com, and you can catch up. And we hope you do that just so you can stay kind of plugged in and connected really to God's word every week uh, in your life. And so today we're talking about what does it mean to stand in faith. And faith is really central uh, to the Christian life. In fact, you can't be a Christian without faith. God's word says that we live by faith, not by sight. What that means is we can't base all of our trust on just what we see. And that's certainly our relationship with God. We, we don't see him. Uh, he's not you know, physically somebody that we just look to and can see, well, there's God. I, I know he's there. But, but faith is the understanding that he's given us promises and these promises are true. He's given us himself in the person of the Holy Spirit. He's with us. He guides us forward. Faith is that understanding that no matter where we go and what we face, he will come through for us. And that's certainly been the case with the life of Daniel. And I just want to recap kind of where we started and and now where we are. And we began week one when he was 12 to 15 years old, taken from his homeland in Jerusalem, shipped off to Babylon, kind of modern day Iraq, put under the leadership of a really brutal king called King Nebuchadnezzar. And throughout the years, uh, he's seen different kings and King Nebuchadnezzar's son, um, King Belshazzar, he was under his leadership. And then last week we talked about being under King Darius. And today, as we dig into Daniel chapter 10, he's now under another king, uh, King uh, Cyrus. And in every one of those situations, you see leadership changes, authority changes in Daniel's life, but the ultimate authority that he looks to is God himself. Now, he doesn't rebel against the authority over him, but he does look to God ultimately as his uh, authority, as the person who's showing him the way forward. And he's putting his trust in God. And that's certainly where we find ourselves. We're in the middle of the election. Uh, the, the votes right now at the time of recording have been uh, you know, cast, but we're still counting even to figure out who our leader is going to be uh, in our country. But just like Daniel's example, whoever our leader is, we choose as a Christ follower, we, we choose to trust in God. We choose to not put our trust in any man, in any system other than God and his kingdom. And so this is the situation that Daniel felt, you know, found himself in. And it's a situation we find ourselves in as we, we tackle issues of our own uh, structures of government here right now in our country. But ultimately, our trust can't be in government. It's in God and it's in him alone. And so that's where we're going to pick up the story. And in today's story, he's now 85 years old. He's walked with God for many years. Again, he's faced multiple kings, multiple problems that we've digged in in this, in this series. But through everything, his faith has remained strong. He's looked to God to help him and he has. 
And he's had many visions and dreams. And this has been the way primarily in Daniel that, that God has spoken to him. He's seen uh, kind of the future of what is to come. And many kings have sought his counsel because he was so wise in his conviction. He raised up the influence of Daniel. And he's had really profound impact on history. And so Daniel continued to walk with God, continued to see God come through. Now, where we pick up the story today, Daniel is still longing for the temple in Jerusalem to be restored and for all of God's people, the Israelites, to be able to go back to their homeland. Again, they were taken away and indoctrinated into the new way of life in this kingdom of Babylon. That's what King Nebuchadnezzar's, remember his, his brilliant plan was. How can we indoctrinate? How can we remove them from serving their God to serve our pagan gods? And in the plan, what was happening is it began to work. The Israelites, some had in exile, had actually gone back to Jerusalem, but many had remained. They did not want to leave the pagan land that they found themselves in. They were looking around saying, you know, this is pretty good. We have it pretty good. We, we've gained some influence and authority. We get to eat all sorts of delicacies. We get to kind of be a part of this kingdom that's expanding and growing. And there's actually like a lack of longing to go back to their land. And so Daniel is very troubled by this. He longs for his people to kind of wake up to their senses. We have to return. We have to return, rebuild the temple so we can worship our God. Gather together so we can be the people of God that he's called us to be. And so he is just burdened by this. He's troubled by this. He wants the temple to be rebuilt. And what he finds himself in is a period where all that he wants to happen doesn't seem to be coming true. And that's a lot of what 2020 has felt like for us, right? Like there's all sorts of things that we have expected happen or we've longed to happen and we keep hoping it will, but, but we're still waiting. I remember when the lockdown first started in the middle of March and we thought this was going to be a two week to three week issue that we were going to have to deal with. Okay, for two weeks, to three weeks, we can change. We can, you know, adopt and adjust our life. And here we are months and months later. And it seems like there's no end in sight. Now multiply that by decades, and that's what Daniel had faced. Everything that he had hoped and longed for was not happening. The change that he wanted wasn't happening. And so he got another vision, and in this vision, he saw more war, more hardship, more really delay in being able to return to the land that he loved, to serve the God in the temple where he wanted to worship him. He didn't see that in the horizon. In the near future, he saw that... just more of the same, more hardship, more pain, more doubt, more fears, all the things that he was ready to, I've learned God, I've, I've, I've been faithful to you, but please can this end so we can re- return. And so Daniel is, is greatly troubled and he decides to fast for 21 days. He didn't know what else to do. And that's been the pattern of Daniel's life. When he doesn't know what to do, what did Daniel always do? He prayed. That's what we talked about last night. He got on his knees When you don't have the strength to stand, you get on your knees to pray. And that's what he did. For 21 days, he fasted. This last week, I encouraged everyone within Ridgeview Church to take up a challenge to fast and to pray to God, specifically for our country, for our church, for uh, people around us, those that that we love. And last Monday, I decided to take that fast along with many of you. And after that evening, I had fasted for the whole day from food and I hadn't eaten. That evening when I went to bed, I did not feel great. I mean, I had a headache. I mean, I was hungry. I was longing. And that's part of a fast. You, you give up something to remind you that you don't depend on anything material. You don't depend on anything except God alone. 
Now multiply that by days and days and weeks. And that was Daniel. He had fasted for this long, just pleading with God, praying to God, asking him for help. And so I want to dig in to the story now in Daniel chapter 10. He's been fasting for these 21 days. He's pleading with God. He's pouring out his request to God. He's asking God for help. And here's where we pick up in verse five. It says, I lifted up my eyes and looked and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Upaz. This is like an unknown distant land around his waist. So Daniel is seeing this vision. Then verse six, his body was like beryl. Now beryl is like a precious stone. It's like topaz. And his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. So he's praying and fasting and he sees this vision. And this vision is like this just manifestation of the glory of God. Now, what's really interesting here is that many scholars believe This was actually the person of Jesus Christ. Now, there's a mystery in Scripture called the Trinity, and that is that God has always existed. Three persons, God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and then the Holy Spirit. And they have existed forever. Now, Jesus, a couple thousand years ago, came in bodily form to this earth. He was fully God at the same time and fully man. Again, somewhat of a mystery to us because it's hard to fathom how that could be. But in this instance, as Daniel is pleading, as he's asking God for help, he sees this vision, this person. In the description, he's got this this precious stone and this appearance of lightning and this like power and this manifestation of the glory of God. And many believe that this was a vision of Jesus. This is known as Christophany. It's this idea of you you see a vision of Jesus, and this has happened actually in the Old Testament. There's these visions of Jesus before Jesus even came to this earth. And there are prophecies of Jesus, but there's also these these visions of Jesus. And Daniel is, is seeing in the middle of his pleadings, in the middle of his longing for God to come through, he gets this picture of this heavenly being, the person of Jesus Christ. And notice what happens next in verse seven. And I, Daniel alone, saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. So Daniel, in the middle of his longing, in the middle of seeking the Lord, of stopping everything to just focus and plead, he gets this vision. And no, not everyone got it. But it's interesting, not everyone got the vision, but the people with Daniel knew that something had happened because they they began to tremble. Like there is something that's going on of great power and significance, but they, they couldn't see it. Only Daniel could see it. And that's a reminder in this instance that God speaks to us specifically in real ways. When we turn to him for help, when we ask him to come through, he gives us the help that we need. He gives us the help in the the person of the Holy Spirit. When you decide to follow him, he comes inside you and, and that spirit moves you forward and you're supposed to keep in step with the spirit to do things his ways, to respond in a way that reflects God and who he is. 
And he gives us the person of Jesus Christ, the the sacrifice for our sin, the way that we can be saved, the way that we receive mercy. And then God himself, the Father, who gives us the words of God, that gives us guidance, the truth, so we can build our life on what is real. And this is just a reminder that God, in what you're facing right now, you may be under tremendous pressure in life. The different things that you're facing, your, your own health concerns, your own doubts, your own fears, the way that you're just longing for God to come through, just like Daniel. These things are, are burdening upon you. You just want to change. You're struggling and you, you don't want to struggle anymore. And God wants to speak to you. And he may not speak to somebody else, but he wants to speak to you. And so you have to be willing. God, I want you to speak. I want to open your word so I can learn from you. I really want to not have an experience from someone else. I want to have a direct experience with you. I don't want to have faith from somebody else. I want to have direct faith in you. And and that's the Christian life. You grow and you take steps in your faith as it's personal, as God is leading you personally in a real way. And this is the scene that's happening with Daniel. He's seen God come through again and again. And in the middle of his anguish, in the middle of his trouble and his burden that feels so heavy, God gives him this vision of Jesus himself. And check out what happens next in verse nine. Then I heard the sound of his words. And as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. The sound of his words represent God's revelation, his word, also the glory of God. It's this weight that it is God. This is not just some helpful person giving me an answer. This is God himself. And the weight of God's presence overwhelms him. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but God has spoken to you. Maybe he's given you a word at just the right time. Maybe he's just given you the sense of peace in the middle of some turmoil. I've had that in my life numerous times. And in those times where I get this peace or I get this word from God and I get this sense like he is trying to tell me something, there is a weight just like I felt like just like Daniel's express, like where you're just you, you don't know what to do. You don't know what to say, but you know that God is speaking to you. And just like I said, that's what he does. He wants to lead us. He wants to speak to us. Sometimes it's in big moments. Sometimes it's in little things where you just read a scripture and it gives you an encouragement. This past week, as I was you know, fasting and coming out of the fast and praying for the election, the election happening, and it just seems like more, more division is, is building and we're a country divided and then just people experiencing really hard things like within our church, people experiencing the loss of friends and, and loved ones and death is real and it takes people from us and just people experiencing trouble and pain and, and the pressure and like as a you know, your pastor, like these burdens, they weigh on me as well. And I have to continue, like give them to God. But I was just struggling and I was looking at the news and updating and finding out what's happening with the election and updating and finding out what's happening in the election. And I just felt like this was just this current of despair that I was finding myself in. I was like, man, there, there is no peace here. And I went up into my office and I listened to some worship music. I got down on my knees and I prayed. I just said, God, like I, I surrender to you. You are my king. I need your help right now. And it was in that moment that I was reminded, like it's the presence of God. It's turning to God in the middle of these things that, that I have to do. 
And as I did that, the anxieties, they, they began to lessen. And as I began to focus on God and not all my circumstances, that's where the help came. And that's what God does in the middle of what we face as we look to him, as we look to Jesus, just like he saw in the vision. God speaks. He speaks to us and he gives us what we need in the moment to receive the help that we need. Some of the ways that God has spoken to me this past week was even from the story of Daniel. This was a a scripture I was reminded of that we read about the vision of King Nebuchadnezzar. I don't know if you remember this, if you tuned in a few weeks ago, but Daniel 4.25. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the most high is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes. As we're dealing with so many things that are out of our control, the sovereignty of God means that God is in control and he will use whatever we face for our good. Not only that he knows that it's going to happen, but he will use it for our good. In your family, he can use it for your family's good. In our church, he can use it for our church's good. Even in our country, he can use it for our country's good. He's sovereign. And we must acknowledge that that is true. He's sovereign and he gives the kingdoms of men to anyone he wishes. He is the one in power, ultimately. He is the one that really speaks and leads the heart of men. So I begin to just pray, God, will you lead the different people that you've raised up to lead our country, our community, the different cities that we live in? Will will you lead them, God? Will you have their hearts? Will you change their hearts? And that was a great reminder. And then another scripture that God brought to mind is Psalm 27. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. In the day that this was written, the psalmist talking about chariots and horses, that represented the the armies of men, the power, the power structures that exist. So some trust in just these power structures. That's the only structures they know. But we trust, those who follow Jesus, we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And that's what Daniel is experiencing. Could you imagine all the things that he's faced? All the things that he's longing for. And in the moment, he sees the vision of Jesus. And then the words come to him. Like the help is here. God will speak to you. And he's overwhelmed. And it's just, he has no strength left. And he's just down. Okay, God, I I am here. So it's very interesting. He kind of was fallen on his knees, fallen on his face. Like, okay, God, I, I am surrendered fully to you. And that's really such a crucial picture because it's actually when we're fully surrendered, when we feel like we are down, when we feel like we have nothing less, that's actually when we begin to stand in faith. And that's what the Christian faith is. It's, it's almost so uh, ironic at times or counterintuitive. We think of standing in faith like in strength, but actually it's when we surrender, it's when we realize that we have no strength that we stand in faith. And for the rest of our time, I want to talk about the three ways that we can stand in faith. So three things to remember when you stand in faith. Here's the first thing, and we're going to continue in this story with Daniel. The first one, whatever you're facing, God cares more about you than you do. Do you believe that? When you look at your life, we actually really care about ourselves, right? We care about our position. Have you ever been in line 
at a store and somebody cut in front of you? Does that bother you? It does me because I think I care about me and my position in things. What gives them the right to do that? Been cut off in traffic? The same thing. We care a lot about ourselves. We care a lot about what's important to us. We care a lot about our goals. We care a lot about our life. And that's not wrong. That's, that's normal. We, we have tremendous value as people because God's given it to us. But the interesting thing is, as burdened as we find ourselves, or as alone as we find ourselves, or in need of help, God cares about us even more than we ever could. Notice the story develops. This is verse 10 and 11. It says, and behold, a hand touched me. So the words came. Daniel realized, whoa, God, God's going to say something. And he just, the glory of God, like the, the weight of God speaking. But notice now, and behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, oh, Daniel, man greatly loved. Understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright for now I have been sent to you. And when he has spoken the word, this word to me, I stood up trembling. Very interesting. The hand of God never comes to condemn us. It, it actually comes to, to lift us up. And this is what happened with Daniel. The hand of God came. And notice the, 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 the passage, what it speaks to. And it says, oh, Daniel, greatly loved. I just love that. Daniel was feeling down and out. He's 85 years old. And really his longings have not even come to fruition yet. When you want something for so long, or when you just want change, or when you think nothing's happening, oftentimes you don't feel loved at all, especially from God. Because why, why God, am I still waiting? Why God, am I still praying for the same thing? Why God, does it seem like I'm in the same place? I keep doing the same things. And it leads to frustration. It leads to anger and bitterness. And God reminded Daniel, Daniel, you're greatly loved. Understand this. You're greatly loved. And then he says, stand upright. Like, you're greatly loved. And I'm going to give you the strength. Greatly loved there is, is you're precious. You are a precious jewel. You have value. And he was giving him these words to encourage him. To say, you know what? Within yourself, you can't stand. With your own words, your own understanding, you can't stand. But with my words and my hand that upholds you and lifts you up, you can stand in faith. And that's the greatest picture of faith. It's this idea like, well, I don't have the power within myself. I don't have the strength within myself, the resources, the understanding, the intelligence within myself. But faith is, I know God who does. When my resources run out, he has resources above mine. When my understanding runs out, he has infinite wisdom. When my peace runs out, he has the peace that surpasses all understanding where it doesn't even make sense. And when you're, you're burdened by life, and when you find yourself at the end of your rope, overwhelmed, God's hand comes and he reminds us, you are greatly loved. And, and I just want to tell you this right now. God does love you. And we just cannot get far away from that truth. God loves you. He 
thinks that you are precious. You have a value. He wants to know you. He wants you to know him. He wants you to have a relationship where you pour out what you're facing to him. He wants to guide you. He wants to lead you forward. This is not some distant transactional relationship where he's just trying to get things from you. He wants you to experience the best and the fullest life you can. He wants you to experience refreshment where in the the withering or the dryness of life, he gives you this, this water of hope, the water of life found in Jesus. And I, I know many of us are facing hard things. Many of us are waiting. Many of us are hoping for something that's not yet happened. And I just want to remind you, God loves you. And nothing changes that. And he wants in his power, he will lift you up. So God cares about you even more than you do. And that's just a reminder that we need to hold on to. And this past week, as I was feeling burdened and I was feeling overwhelmed, I've already shared from Daniel 4.25 and Psalm 27, another scripture that God brought to my mind is Lamentations 3. You know, when you face discouragement, Lamentations 3 says this, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. God cares more about me than I do. And you know what? When I am waiting, when I'm waiting according to that scripture, he is good. Why? Because that's what God's word says. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. So in the waiting, even in the pressure, even in the pain, God will do good. You see, good isn't just in the answer. Good is in the middle of it. Good can come. And that's what's happening in Daniel's life. Certainly everything he's hoped isn't happening in this time. He's having this this vision. He's having this experience. And he's seeing Jesus. And then he's seeing this hand lift him up. And he's standing. And now he awaits. And this is where the story goes on. So the first thing is, is how do you stand in faith? Well, the first is you just have to hold on to, remember every single day. God cares about me more than I do. He cares about you more than you do. He he has this great love for us. We have to remember that. Number two is this. God is doing more than you understand. God is always doing more than we understand. He's always working behind the scenes. So Daniel started this fast, 21 days. And he'd been praying, as we know, three times a day, really, for the course of decades. You know how many prayers that that are just praying and praying and praying and praying and pleading and asking God for help. And God is still good, even in the waiting. And God sometimes didn't come through according to Daniel's timing. And so you can imagine Daniel in his despair. He just keeps wondering, like, okay, God, I I know that you care about me, but, but are you really working? And this is where the story picks up in verse 12. Then he said to me, to this figure of Christ, the person of Christ, then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard. And I have come because of your words. So from the first day that you began to plead, 
You presented your request to God. From the moment you asked, I heard you. I heard you. And I've been working. You can't see it and you you may not understand it and you may doubt that that's happening. But the promise here to Daniel is the same promise that we have. The moment we ask God for help, God is working. The moment we turn to him and say, I need you. I don't have the strength to stand. He is working. Now, this is where the story really gets interesting. And I'm going to kind of unfold and kind of go behind the curtain a little bit. We're going to talk about spiritual warfare, a spiritual battle. I already talked about that somewhat last week, but there is a spiritual reality going on. And certainly you can see this even in Daniel's vision. There's things that he's seeing that are not normal. He's seeing these visions. He's seeing this picture of of Christ himself. And in the next scriptures, we're going to see that there are some things that are going on that we don't understand. And oftentimes that does represent this spiritual reality. We can't see it. It's not flesh and blood, what the scripture says, but, but it's related to this spiritual reality. And then verse 13 says this, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me for I was left there with the kings of Persia. Now, what he's talking about now is actually not physical kings of Persia. He's talking about demonic forces of Persia that are kind of holding the power structure in that kingdom. And that's what you see. There's the kingdoms of this world. And then there's the kingdoms of darkness that are working within the kingdoms of this world. And notice, Daniel had been fasting for 21 days. And then what did Daniel just hear? For how long? 21 days, I've been fighting this spiritual battle on your behalf. I've been fighting the spiritual forces of evil and darkness on your behalf. You're looking and seeing what battles am I facing here on this earth? And oftentimes God is saying, well, well, actually, I'm doing a, a work that you can't even see. You don't even understand. I'm protecting you in ways that you can't even fathom. I'm working behind the scenes for not only your good, but for your children's good and their good. I'm working generations here. And in the middle of what we face, it seems so small when we're reminded of that. And that's the point. That's what's happening. And he's told. Actually, I've I've been working. The the kingdoms of Persia. You know what else? I've asked for help from Michael, this archangel, this this prince of angels who's going to come. He's mighty in strength. He's... He's come to help me. And you take a step back and you're like, wait, what? This is is what happens. This isn't just make-believe. This isn't just like a helpful narrative story. This is real. There are spiritual forces going on that we can't see. And not going on generally. There are spiritual forces going on specifically related to our life, related to our families, related to our church. The enemy wants to come against our church. He wants to ruin and destroy our church. He wants to do that for your life. The enemy wants to kill you. He hates you. He hates Daniel. He hates anyone that chooses faith in the Lord Jesus. For when you choose your allegiance to the kingdom of God, you're actually removed from the kingdom of darkness. You're now an enemy. The bullseye is on you. And that's what's happening. And so Daniel's just reminded there's something that you, you don't even know. There. There's, there's this 21-day fast that you're doing. And at the same time, there's this 21-day battle going on in the spiritual realms, the kingdoms of Persia. Daniel had been praying this whole time and he had not seen anything. This is the reminder. Even though you can't see it, God heard you. He knew exactly what you need and he's working on your behalf. 
This is such an encouragement to me. Because again, just because I can't see it, it's not about sight. If we just base our relationship with God on what we can see, we will not grow. Because it's always the understanding that God is going to do good. And he is doing good right now in the waiting. And God is working even when I can't see it. And I was thinking about waiting, kind of like Daniel had done, right? There's this spiritual thing going on. There's this spiritual battle. The demons and the angels and Jesus himself are involved in this battle. Based on the requests that Daniel has been given. So Daniel's asking for these things to happen. And God's saying, okay, let's move. Let's, let's work according to my will. But before we do this in the earth, we need to do this in the spiritual realms. Okay, we can't fully understand. We don't know all that's happening there. We're just getting just a little bit like the curtain again. It's, we're getting to see behind it. But I started to think, and Daniel's waiting when we ask that question, well, is, is God working even when we can't see it? Is he working even when we don't understand that? And I think oftentimes, yes. And a lot of it's actually in the waiting itself. And so I thought about waiting. And I, I think waiting, you know, it grows our patience, which isn't bad. We, we need to have patience because we want things done in our own way, in our own timing. And then we, we end up cutting corners. We maybe end up burning people. We end up actually settling for not the best because we want it right now. So waiting grows our patience. It's the waiting for what's better. So even in the waiting, we can grow. Uh, waiting grows our dependence. When you're waiting and you don't have the answers yet, you keep getting on your knees and asking God for help. That's how you grow. You keep coming. You keep praying. You keep seeking. You keep pulling in. Waiting also reminds us that, that we need people. We need the church. When we're waiting, we can't be alone. You can't be isolated. You have to have friends and brothers and sisters in Christ who are praying for you, loving you, encouraging you in the middle of it. This is why we exist as a church. We need to band together. We need to wait on God to come through. We need to remind each other to keep waiting, to keep depending, to keep being patient. And all this is happening in Daniel's life. So even when he couldn't see that God was working, even when he didn't understand, God was working behind the scenes. And so I just want to encourage you, what are the things in your life right now where you are just waiting? You're just waiting for God to come through and, and you're discouraged because it's not. Or you're overwhelmed. You're frustrated. Maybe you're even angry. And you're just saying, God, you are not listening to me. You are not working on my behalf. How much longer do I have to wait? Well, this is the reminder. God is working. And even though you can't see it, there is something going beyond even your imagination that God is doing for your life. That he's doing for your kid's life. That he's doing for generations. It's in the middle of these things that we remember, God, you do greatly love me and you want to help me forgive my doubt and my fears and I trust you. It's so small, our vision of life. And what Daniel's reminded of is God is working in such big ways. And he will do good as we wait on him. So God, thank you for caring about us more than we do. God, thank you for working even when we don't understand and even when we can't see it. And here's the third thing. And I, I say this because it's true, but this is so hard. And it's this. God's strength 
is made perfect in your weakness. God's strength is made perfect in my weakness. You want to stand strong in faith and you want to stand in faith and not give in to fear, not give in to doubt, frustration, or anger, then you have to realize it's through God's power and not your own. It's through his power. And this is where the story continues. Now in verse 17, this is Daniel's response. He had been spoken to from Jesus himself. And he says, how can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord? For now, no strength remains in me and no breath is left in me. Like, I have nothing to say. I don't quite understand. I don't know what to do. And that's right. When we're experiencing these hard things, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to respond. We don't know how to react. And what we do usually is not what we should have. And so even when we do something, we're like, oh, that was the wrong move. I reacted the wrong way. I said the wrong thing. My kids saw the wrong thing. My wife, my husband, I, I reacted harshly or whatever it is. Like, we just don't have the right read. We don't have the right response. And this is Daniel just being honest. Like, what could I even say? And then verse 18. Again, one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me. Again, the picture. The hand reaches out. God's hand to help, to support, to lift up. Okay, I have nothing to say. I have nothing to do. I don't know what I can do. I'm completely dependent on you. I'm completely at my wits end. And then God's hand comes again and strengthened me. Verse 19, and he said, O man greatly loved. See the, the reminder? He was just told that, but he was told that again. Daniel, you are greatly loved. You are greatly loved then. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Peace be with you. Be strong and of good courage. And as he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak for you have strengthened me. Oh, I love this scripture. In fact, that's a next step today to memorize Daniel 10, 19. I was thinking about how in this verse, even what we've been talking about, it kind of summarizes the whole thing. I mean, let's look back. Verse 19, we can feel weak and empty. We feel like we don't know what to do. And then we're reminded God's love. He's with us. We're greatly loved. Then he gives us peace. Like he's going to work for our good. Then he gives us strength. Like our power, when it's gone, is actually good because when our power is empty, now we have the fullness of God's power. See, it's kind of like, you know, dependency, right? If it's like half my power, then I only really need about, okay, God, just, I just need half. I got the rest. But we don't have any of our own power and we realize we don't have any resources. We don't have any expertise or any intelligence in this area or we don't know what to do. We have no resources. Then it's like, we're completely empty. And then we get now the fullness of God fullness of his power and then courage he leads us forward in the battle notice the promise the love the peace the strength and the courage those four things isn't that what we long for the love the peace the strength and the courage isn't God so good in the middle of what we long for We find it in him. This is what the whole world needs. 
I don't care where you live, where you're from, what you've done, who you are. You want love. You want peace. You want strength. And you want courage. And God says, it's here. It's here in the person of my son, Jesus Christ. If you turn to follow him, you will experience the greatest love that you've longed for your whole life. You will experience the greatest love that that you can only experience in God through Christ. You will experience peace in the middle of maybe terrible things. And you will experience strength and you will experience courage to move forward. If you've not yet decided to follow Jesus Christ, this vision that Daniel had is the same vision that God gives to you today. You can turn to him and you may not feel worthy. You may feel like you have nothing to say. You don't know what to do. What you need to do is you just need to surrender. And you need to say, I give you my life. I'm empty. I'm alone. I have nothing to give you except my life. I surrender. And if you've never decided to follow Jesus, or maybe you've just kind of become lukewarm, you're not really serious anymore, you're not praying and seeking the Lord, you're just doing your own thing, today is the day. God, I come back to you. You care about me more than I do. You're working even when I can't see it. And then your strength is made perfect in my weakness. I need you to work. So I encourage you, if you've never decided to follow Jesus, you can do that today. If you feel like you've just kind of drifted and you're doing your own thing today, you can decide, I want to come back. I want to surrender. And for this, I ask the help of God. So let's dig into some next steps. What does this mean for you? I hope this has been an encouragement to you in what you're facing. This is a word that I need for myself. So the first next step, like I mentioned, memorize Daniel 10, 19, that scripture I just mentioned. Just get that to your mind of what God gives you, the love, the peace, and the strength, and the courage. And tell yourself that every day this week. The second next step, pray three times a day this week to hand some things over to God, just like Daniel is our example. I hope more than anything from this series, the idea of prayer has just kept coming up. Prayer, prayer, prayer. So just decide, I'm gonna pray three times a day before every meal or after every meal. Maybe once I'm gonna skip a meal. Again, try a, try a fast, but I'm gonna pray three times a day, every day, for these things that are burdening me. And this, the last next step is this, and this is really important as well. Because in all of this, it can become like it's just me and God. But again, it's you and God in a relationship. And then what he does is he brings you into a spiritual family. That's the church and the people of God. And you're not meant to bear the things that you're facing alone. God has used people and he uses people to help. And so the, the last next step is get together with blank somebody this week from church. Get together, just share the things that you're facing. Get together to listen to what somebody else is facing. Get together to pray. Get together to laugh. Share a meal together. Now, what, what, who, should, who should I choose? Well, choose somebody that, that you think would be beneficial for you to get time with. You might even feel intimidated. Well, th- they won't have time for me. They're, it doesn't make sense. You already talk yourself out of it. Just decide. And you just write that on that next step. Who is somebody? And then take the initiative to do that. I encourage you. That will be a blessing and God can use that. 
to give you the perspective you need, to give you the help, the reminder that you are not alone. So finish filling out that connection card. Do that right now. Take one of those next steps, and we would love to pray for you this week. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the powerful lessons that you did for for Daniel, the ways that you came through for him. And God, thank you for the ways that you come through for us. We need your help. We need your power. Thank you for your love, for the peace that you give. Thank you for the strength and thank you for the courage. God, help us to really pull into you this week. Give us your help and the power to take the next step that we need to take this week. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.